Welcome to Beyond the Bottom Line with Anna Letitia Cook. Hi, welcome to Beyond the Bottom Line. Today, we're very lucky to have Helena Wilton with us. She's a sales professional at ULife, which is one of London's fastest growing startups. And she's also a yoga and well-being coach, both to businesses and individuals, and does classes, events, and retreats all over the world. So I desperately want to go. Welcome to the show, Helena. Thanks so much, Anna, and lovely to speak again. Brilliant. So today we're going to talk about holistic well-being in tech, corporate incentives, um, the advantages of yoga, Ayurveda, and particularly the blue zones, which Mm. I'm sure a lot of people won't be aware of. So if I can start, holistic well-being and corporate well-being, for me, they're very important and very fundamental needs in life. I mean, I'm a convert, but how did you get into it? What was the spark that really started you yeah so it's a really good question and to be honest I've always been in some way interested in well-being yeah it's mainly in the physical aspects which I I played hockey at a good level I also was quite a big runner netballer etc and really in my early 20s I started getting quite stressed at work and finding a different kind of release for some of that stress was important and that's when I took up yoga and through my yoga journey that also led me into studying at the Institute of Integrated Nutrition doing a bunch of different yoga courses, Ayurveda, all that kind of stuff. And really it was more from therefore like a passion sense that has driven me into eventually turning my career into solely working in, in wellbeing. Yeah. So yeah, I would say for me, it was focusing on my passions, looking at how I could develop myself personally on that kind of self-development journey, which I'd say probably took seven years before I actually converted my career. And when it actually came to moving into working in the corporate wellbeing space it it wasn't necessarily the easiest of journeys it took me a couple of years to find the right fit um but has it been the right thing to do absolutely oh brilliant that's brilliant i know the the corporate well-being it's not something that's necessarily that easy to get into i've found that you've got either the people that totally welcome you and totally get it or the ones that just don't um and to get a sort of a gentle in between that's what I find the most difficult. Do you feel that or have you got further into it that you find more people are open to that idea? Yeah, I think when I was first really interested and in, in looking to teach yoga classes at corporates, and that was kind of my first step into corporate well-being, it wasn't that easy. Like a lot of companies were thinking, God, spending um, a small amount of money every week on bringing a yoga teacher in to teach yeah. our, my colleagues that that's not like the worthy amount of spend that we want to be contributing. Yeah. But really that's shifted. And I think having yoga classes, well-being sessions, meditation, that is seen as like a norm. And if you don't do that, you're backwards yeah. nowadays. Yeah. But I think it's only been over the past couple of years, really, that that fundamental shift has happened and, yeah. um, and, and changed things. Yeah. And I know you work very much on the tech side as well, don't you? Um, and it, you life and you life is very much around <laughs> well-being. So how did it develop at you life? What was the inspiration? What does it do? How does it go? And how can that also be incorporated into other types of corporate well-being models? Hmm. So firstly, really, the reason why I've joined you life is because we're able to take 
what my life purpose is and what the business's life purpose of helping people to to live longer and happier lives, but do it at scale. Yeah. There's only so many yoga classes I can teach, only so many retreats that I can hold each year. But through technology, that's really where the scalability comes in. Yeah. So what you life is essentially doing is taking life insurance, which is typically really dull, really uninspiring. I would agree. <laughs> It is, right? (laughs) But making it something which is exciting for people to purchase and the end user experience is really uplifting and about giving people life and inspiring people to live their best lives rather than seeing it as something which pays out should they pass away to to a relative. So what does it do? What are are the extra things that you get with you life? The ULife app, it incentivizes you to look after your well-being. So, for example, it will track the amount of steps which you're doing through day, through through each day. It would work through whether it's someone like me. I just use my mobile phone. I don't want anything funny around my wrist all day. Yeah. Um, but about 50% of our population do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they're brilliant. I don't have anything against them. It's just not for me. Um, <laughs> likewise, with meditation, it tracks people meditating, cycling, oh, really? doing exercise classes. And it rewards you with what we call Ucoin, which is our virtual currency, which you can go on to redeem vouchers with um, on our app too. And it's not just like cruddy 20% off kind of vouchers. It's real tangible rewards. Like at the weekend, I had some friends coming to stay. I wanted to buy dinner. I was actually able to use £40 worth of my vouchers in order to do my Waitrose shop, which is really nice. Really? yeah so I've been earning about 15 pounds a month like I'm yeah you know my yoga teacher like meditation that's quite a natural thing for me to do yeah and I'm I, I also walk quite a bit so yeah 15 pounds a month hasn't has been totally achievable yeah um, I had absolutely no idea so it's really like one of these fitness apps like Google Fit or one of those sort of things where you've got everything that you can track and it advise does it advise you what to do as well um, so what we do have is support services through the app, such yeah. as I've, I'm not sure if you've heard of employee assistance programs, yeah. otherwise there's EAPs or yeah. there's also virtual healthcare, um, private virtual healthcare you can access through the app as well. Yeah. So in those instances, you could do things like getting a nutrition consultation, a fitness program, anything which is proactive around your yes. health, what we're yeah. really big about, not yeah. just being reactive and really when you're in that state of dis-ease or some kind of illness has crept upon you that you're, you're making a reaction, but being proactive. So in that sense, yes, it does tell you what to do, but in terms of that day-to-day basis, really it's fun. It's gamification, which incentivizes people to take action and to feel like they're progressing each day through another level as well, which all the research shows progress is really important in order for you to stay on a wellbeing journey. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. I had no idea. Sorry, I've got distracted already. I warned you beforehand. I get completely <laughs> distracted. So, right. Okay. Um, I know holistic well-being, you're totally a convert to it. I'm totally a convert to it. Um, I think some people aren't quite sure what it really means when you say holistic well-being and success. For, so, for me, it includes all the aspects like health, financial, social, mental, environmental, purpose-driven, and relationships. Now, would you say from your point of view, has the awareness and appreciation of this grown over the last few years? And in what way? And what do you think will happen with it over the next decade or, I don't know, something like that, you know, more long-term? Yeah, 
Well, well, so firstly, holistic well-being, absolutely agree with you, Anna. It's not just about what you eat, how much you exercise. There's so many other fundamental factors. Um, I was actually reading some research earlier today about the average American has 1.5 friends. Like, of course, you can't have one. Um, yeah crazy right I read the same (laughs) did you (laughs) yes (laughs) um but all the longevity research and research for strong mental health it shows that you need to have five good friends so people that you turn to in times of crisis as well as just those everyday matters is really fundamental and I think people just fail to recognize the importance of that social interaction and how fundamental that is for our well-being so any kind of sense of community which we can build for ourselves within friendship networks but I think actually more importantly as wider communities and as employers is really important and in terms of me on my own journey well I've been thinking a lot more about you know the environment the space which I'm in I actually moved out of London for a little while Um, I'm out of London still at the moment for another three weeks and I kind of figured out this isn't the best thing for my mental health actually it's um I need to be somewhere where I can walk around really easily and not drive places. I need to be around a community which automatically nudges me into making the healthy choices each day. Um, And in terms of where things are going, well, I think companies are really recognizing as well as individuals that we think holistically when it comes to world wellbeing, things like financial wellbeing tools, I think they're making huge progress and people are seeing the benefits of looking after their finances and, and what that can actually mean to them on an individual level. So yeah. I think there's a lot more space for these different elements to be coming into play. Yeah. If I was to choose one thing, which I think we should focus on most is community, like hands down. Yeah. And all of the research around the blue zones has shown that community is absolutely fundamental. Yeah. And having that strong sense of alignment to one another is yeah. what's going to help us to live a happier, longer life. Yeah, I know. It's incredible. Um, I know I, I used to live in Spain. Um, so when my kids were quite young we moved out to Spain and so they grew up there and we were in a tiny little village in the mountains and you know it's a modern village it's not you know centuries sort of mentality but even so the difference between the mentality and attitude around the kids and everything we did from the northwest of the UK down to the most southern part of Andalusia I mean, it was amazing. Like when we left for teenagers in the northwest of the UK, they just didn't play with little kids. They didn't really get seen with grandparents and stuff like that because they'd lose their credibility almost. And then in Spain, where you've got every single level of generation of age all together, all the time, in front of their friends, in front of everybody. And it was an eye-opener for me, definitely. And I think for my kids, it gave them a completely different vision on what community really is. And me, I'm from an agricultural community, and they're lovely and very warm and friendly. But compared to the real Mediterranean style of community that you still get in, you know, the little villages, it's different. Mm. You just, if you haven't lived it, I don't think you understand what it is. And it is so good for just feeling at peace and feeling you don't need to stress because you know you've always got someone you can talk to. You've always got someone who's there to help you. And Mm. everyone just naturally does things together. So, yeah. And even just the most simple thing, 
eating a meal together or sharing a meal it's just the most powerful thing and it seems so simple and too simple to be impactful on our well-being but all the research shows that it is and the people that sit together and eat dinner each night they're the ones who actually go on to live the longest lives yep yep but I know you've studied a lot from Ayurveda and the blue zones and how we can really apply them to be good for our lifestyle obviously Mm. you've mentioned community and that being the most important um, aspect what else do you think is really important and really beneficial how do they have a good impact on us Mm, well I think as well the bigger bigger things aside from community it's environmental design so not thinking about what can I do on an individual basis to improve my well-being such as how do I run more how do I go to the gym more it's thinking about how can I shift my environment to constantly nudge me into taking the right actions each day like one example if you live in a space which allows you to walk cycle use public transport to get places rather than just your own vehicle you walk 37 percent more than if you don't so it's like those kind of statistics in themselves and as well if you if you live next to a highway they call an american motorway in england yeah um you've got 500 percent more chance of having respiratory problems yeah like we need to think on this environmental level yeah uh, environmental design level about how we can shift our environments to best meet the needs of the wider population rather than just our own needs on an individual level, I think the blue zoners, there's like nine factors which are integral to blue zoners. Things like yeah. eating with family, putting your purpose through everything that you do. And really, I guess that's one thing that I more and more that I read about. And I read that beautiful book called Ikigai yes. um, Christmas. And I've been thinking about that all year. And it, your purpose doesn't need to be something dramatic like revolutionizing climate change. That would be a wonderful thing to do. But um, yeah. even if it's just very small, yeah. Um, um, making the best pots for the people in the village, I think, was one of the examples that I read in that book, Kiki Guy. Um, oh, or, yes, or... that's right. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Because I've read it. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's wonderful. Being the best father that you can possibly be, like yeah. whatever it is, but having that run through every day and have that real reason to wake up. It isn't just about how much you're earning or yeah. whether you become a CEO or get to the top. It's like that strong, really deep rooted sense of purpose that. when you leave the world you have that as your kind of your knowledge that you've improved the world in that way um like super integral and blue zoners they seem to really have this sense of purpose um ingrained into their bones yeah i know we're we're both talking about blue zones because we both know what it is but i'm Mm -hmm. sure there's a lot of people that have never heard of the blue zones Um, and so can you give us a quick overview of what it is just so that people don't think we're completely on another planet (laughs) yeah so there's six blue zones in the world and they are pockets of the world where people live the longest and happiest lives um examples of these are ikaria in greece um loma linda in california um and a place in costa rica but really what all the research has shown is they're not geographically together they're not all on the sea they're not born with different genes but they do have significantly lower rates of chronic disease, such as 95% lower rates of breast cancer in the blue zone in Japan called Okinawa. So what can we do by using the lifestyles which they lead and take some of these learnings and apply them to the modern day and and what we're doing in the Western world, which 
fundamentally we haven't got everything right and we need to be recognizing that there's so much that we can do um, yeah. but as I mentioned a moment ago it comes really back to that environmental design level rather than taking like all the responsibility onto ourselves to make the changes yeah it's about putting ourselves into the best environments that will nudge us yeah yeah and I know a lot of people well when you first read about blue zones and you just think it's something for old people um mm. because because it is studying about you know old people being active there 100 105 whatever and they're still climbing up and down mountains as though they were children and running around with far more energy than I probably had 20 years ago um and they're doing all sorts you know they're doing all of their gardens and they're doing cooking and um cleaning and preparing absolutely everything for everyone so why is it so helpful to us as younger well you're younger I'm sort of in between why is it such an advantage and why can we use that um to help inspire everybody and not just the theory of inspiring but the real practicality of giving us a better life what can we take from it what can we use from it practically what's it going to give us well, Do you understand what I mean? I know I'm waffling. I've gone into waffle mode, but I think I sort of do. But you can course correct me if I <laughs> go off on the wrong thing. Um, I guess what we're all wanting at like that fundamental level is we all want to be as happy as possible. And like yeah. in my eyes, I like envy those people who have just absolutely nailed it through these really simple lives and these simple rituals, which are what they're doing each day. Yeah. Such as you were mentioning, you know people who are walking up hills each day shepherds which are um looking after their cattle etc yeah and really how we can apply this or we can be thinking about what those needs which i have and what i enjoy doing which also yeah. fit in this blue zone philosophy such as yeah. being part of a community of some sense about eating more plant-based foods yeah. about yes you can still drink alcohol but how about doing it um with a friend or a group of friends so that you're getting that social interaction at the same time and and as well thinking about quality over quantity when it comes to things yeah so that we're really thinking about how do we yeah maximize the the small things in life rather than we're always thinking about those bigger goals such as you know uh, spending tens of thousands of pounds on a wedding going on those fancy holidays each year buying that best car these are all amazing things but they don't like give us that drip feed level of happiness. They give yeah. us these one-off things. So I think that's one big thing for me as well. Like blue zoners, they live very just subtle um, lives, which they're not going to, they're not going to be leaving this huge legacy in terms of showing that they've, they've found space or they've gone to the moon. They, they just, they're, they're very modest. I think is the word yeah. that we use here. Yeah. Um, and how can we learn from this and, develop this modesty into ourselves but be thinking about these small rituals each day and how do we make those more purposeful and beautiful yeah and I mean it seems to me that their whole mentality um their emotional mentality as well as well as their physical activity it has a huge impact on reducing stress and anxiety mm. because they seem to have so much well they just don't seem to have stress or if they do have stress they have a completely different way of managing it. Do you think that comes from the fact they've found their purpose or they appreciate the small things in life or 
the community and the family so strong? What do you think is the sort of thread through that? Mm -hmm. And how can we that live in the normal world at the moment, how can we adopt those types of things to make our lives less stressful? Because people seem to be more and more stressed. And mm -hmm. I'm sure they'll say, yes, 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 lovely idea, but you know, it's, yeah. it's not something that I can actually reach or do, but it is. So how, how would you advise us to really do something? What can we do from it that yeah. can help us? So I think all that you mentioned is correct, but I think from the research that shows blue zoners, they do get stressed just like us in other countries yeah. or other parts of the world as well yeah. but they have these rituals set in place that they do every single day or or every other day which kick them into having what they call a downshift yeah. so i think it's in Ikaria they take a nap each day in uh, loma linda california they have one day a week a, a sabbath which is just three f's family food and friendship um, oh sorry it was four f think there's a faith in there as well yeah um for me, it's about having one day a week, so 24 hours where I switch off of technology. That is so fundamentally important for every area of my well-being. So I yeah. get my social interaction, I'll spend time with friends, yeah. I'll get my mental well-being better because I'll spend more time outdoors. And then also I'll, I'll just tend to walk a bit more because I'll, I'll be getting outside and not so distracted by my phone. Yeah. So I think having these rituals in place is really, really key. For me, a big one is thinking, how can I create more rituals, which... And I think companies need to think about this too, which don't revolve just around alcohol. Like, yeah. I think there's so many company events, but also socializing events, which are like, oh, meeting at the pub. And I think blue zoners, they do it so beautifully that alcohol is that like second part of the conversation. Yeah. It's like they go and play a game together or they go and eat a meal together. They might have a glass of wine with it. I yeah. find living in the UK, it's about go to the pub a secondary thing might be like oh it'd be great to play a game but that really actually happens yeah. um so i think that's also something they do beautifully it tends to be the human element which comes first the other things um yes rip. yeah no i think that's amazing because i don't actually drink because i've got a problem with my blood and i get so frustrated oh no i mean it's easily manageable but i'm not allowed to drink and i get so frustrated when every time people say oh let's get together and do something it's always restaurant pub or you know it's sitting and it's drinking um Absolutely. whereas i'd much rather they said let's go and walk up this mountain or let's meet yeah. on the beach and do something like that you can have just as much fun and yeah. you know laugh and joke and things like that then maybe have a picnic at the end of it or i don't know go to an art gallery and go and get a bit of culture together or something like that and not just have the fixation on just food and alcohol together and nothing else. So mm. I think that's a really good point. And so if someone decides they want to get more into this, they want to start doing something like that, and including, you know, the yoga and the impact on corporate wellness, what would you suggest um, is the easiest way to start? I mean, do you have sort of step one step two step three of advice just so that people can really start to think about it and the possibility of incorporating it into their life yeah yeah okay um i hadn't really planned a step one step two step three but i <laughs> think of something on the spot so i think step one thinking really about your passions like 
for me, it was instinctively yoga, which drew me into working more in the well-being space. And how did I develop that? Well, firstly, I just went to a hell of a lot of yoga classes where that allowed me to network with a lot of people and then allowed me to figure out that I wanted to do a teacher training. What kinds of classes that I wanted to teach afterwards? What what really was the style of yoga? I mean, there's so many different styles. This could be equivalent, say that you're interested in cycling, say that you're interested in meditation, whatever you're interested in going and developing your passion and also reading loads about it too. Yep. Like I can only speak from the yoga sense. There's millions of books out there. You can read millions of people you can follow on social media and learn from. Um, but everybody is always willing to have a conversation with you and help yep. you to learn as well. Is really what I found. Yes. Um, I think step two is about like trial and iterate because not everything's going to work well straight yep. away. Like at the beginning of the pandemic, I actually joined another well-being company and I was only there for two months because I realized it just wasn't my bag. It wasn't yeah. exactly what I was looking for. And just yeah. I, re- I even remember so many friends thinking it was a totally mad that I left. I left a very stable job. I joined another company. I left two months later. But like, you know, you have, that, yeah. you have that gut feel. Yeah. And of course, I was in a position where luckily I didn't I don't have dependence yet and I realized I was in that position where I could do these things yeah but trial trial it like I also wouldn't have gone on to get my next job if it hadn't have been for that mistake job yes so sometimes your mistakes can end up being the best thing so really yeah. trial and iterate I think is is that second point um and then thirdly like really realizing it like it doesn't always come straight away everything and like yeah. in some ways you can still be working towards a goal and making progress yeah without achieving what you want to get to yes and um, yeah. like I remember for example I really wanted to start teaching yoga classes in corporate settings and I, I was just messaging loads of companies asking loads of friends I wasn't really getting anywhere um but instead what I, I just taught in a load of studios built up my Instagram, built up my network more. And then eventually two opportunities came to me within the same week um, at, at two corporates, which were almost next to each other. It was really weird in Hollywood. <laughs> um, and then I still have those clients today, which is totally amazing. And yeah, so sometimes you can still not get disheartened by not getting yes. success straight away, but still work towards that same eventual yeah. uh, goal, which is ahead of you. Yeah. Yeah, because the door opens when it's ready, basically. Totally. So, totally. Yeah. And you can just celebrate these small successes on the way as well. And I yeah. think we often forget to do that and yes. to recognize our progress and look back. I try and do that each week now, just yeah. have a little bit of reflection on what I've achieved in a week yeah. gone by. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because a lot of the time, I think we do achieve successes and we just don't think of them as a success because mm-hmm. we think, well, no, I want that. And so you're much. looking so far and ahead. You don't actually think, well, I've done this and I've done this and I've done this. And, you know, because nobody looks at it or looks back objectively, they just, it's almost like they brush it under the carpet as though it's nothing when it's actually a really good step on what they've got as a nice journey, you know, to get somewhere to appreciate, to give themselves a pat on the back. And when you do that, everything becomes easier you know, because you become more positive. Okay, I have another question, which is really sort of going off on a tangent, but I have to ask. Your retreats, I know you do retreats and organized retreats around the world. So one, I'm interested in knowing 
what is in your retreats, but also because they're different countries around the world, do you see a different, like a different audience or a different appreciation? Yeah, no, those are really good questions. Um, sadly, actually, I did do a retreat in the middle of the pandemic. I lie, I was about to say I haven't done any, but it feels <laughs> the pandemic's been so long. Um, the last one I did was a, about a year ago now. Yeah. Um, I hope to do one either, yeah, at some point next year. It's just, it's very difficult with yes. um, places having restrictions in terms of how many people you can bring, et cetera. Exactly. <laughs> um, so my retreats are really not necessarily for the people who are really, really into yoga already. I like to focus on just the everyday person, whether you are a mum, a corporate worker, uh, whatever. It's about how do I educate you on the stuff which I think is going to help you to live your best life um, in the yoga space. So they're very much um, beginner level um, and accessible for anybody because that is the group which I believe that I can relate to and help the most. Yeah. so in terms of yoga, we would typically do a dynamic practice in the morning, a yin style practice in the evening. My favorite yep. style of teaching is actually yin. I find that it's just so powerful on the mind and body. Yeah. Um, we would do some kind of a workshop during the day as well, whether that be something more active, whether that be about ikigai, finding your purpose, um, yeah. whatever it is. I actually also like to teach juggling. That's my extra. Juggling. <laughs> juggling. Yeah, yeah. Juggling. Yeah. juggling. <laughs> Brilliant. I think it's an amazing mindfulness practice. It's, it's really cool. Um, and I also just try and build in as much as possible to create community within the yep. people which are coming. So in some senses, it's about actually doing less and yes. allowing people just to organically come yep. together and create those friendships and yep. putting a bit less structure, tried yes. too much structure before. Um, and it hasn't always worked well. So I think yep. yeah, I've run five yoga retreats so far. Um, in terms of audiences, yes, I really do see a difference. Um, yep. especially abroad I see it's often friends which come together or mums and daughters or yep. I haven't yet had it but I'd love to have fathers and sons or, or fathers and daughters or whatever yeah. um, but I definitely see people tend to come more as groups when it's yep. abroad you see it as a holiday um, yes, exactly yeah UK retreats could be more about stress release spending time yep. on your own getting that getaway so yeah, yeah. certainly a difference yeah yeah I know my my clients in France because I work a lot with um clients in France and when mm-hmm. I moved from France back to the UK, um, I didn't used to teach them yoga and well-being and things like that. It was much more career development. But because a lot was stressed, um, mm-hmm. I used to give them tips about yoga and well-being and things like that to help them. And when I was coming back to the UK, they said, please, 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 can you come back and do retreats for us? Because it's so difficult to find something like that in France which includes a lot of everything. Um, so I thought that was very interesting, their vision of what would be an ideal retreat compared to what I've seen in Spain and compared to the UK and places like that, because they all seem to be looking for something different. And I think mm-hmm. it's interesting to see the type of person, but also what they want Um it's all an element of well-being, but it's like they've got different little bits they want added into it. Mm. So which do you like? Um, what's your, you personally, if you went to a re- retreat, what would be your ideal retreat and oh. where? Which country? Uh, okay, really good <laughs> question. Uh, definitely by the sea. Like I'm, yeah. uh, I was born in Bournemouth, which is like a coastal town, and yeah. I definitely love being by the beach. Um, yeah. I actually... Uh, 
I've done a couple in Greece that I've run myself. And really? Oh, yes, I love Greece. Gorgeous. Oh, so gorgeous. <laughs> One was on a gorgeous island called um, Ikaria. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, which was totally, totally amazing. Um, and so, yeah, for me, something on the coastline, something yeah. which is villa based rather than staying in like the hotel based type. Oh, God, yes. Um, and just lots of abundant, colorful food and, and good people yeah. and, and yeah. somewhere you can walk around really easily as well, because there's nothing better than post yoga class, just having a really slow walk and yep. listening to the sounds of nature and, and decompressing. Yeah, I think if, if I could have my absolute ideal, which I know I'm yeah. in dreamland, it would be staying on a yacht I mean a sailing yacht not one of these posh yachts but real sails in the Caribbean um, and going having a couple of hours sail from one island to the other every day staying on the island but really rough beach staying so really nature and having you know the yoga in one place in the morning then going to the other place a bit of swimming and snorkeling more yoga in the evening so you're getting the sun the sailing the ocean and then the yoga and all the beautiful lush vegetation i think that would be fabulous i've never seen anyone Uh, actually do that yet that sounds amazing (laughs) i have seen you can do sail and yoga holidays where you do the yoga on the boat oh right yeah Yeah. incredible that would be all right as well Are, are you like happy just having because you mentioned just like a rocky kind of sleep and not like yep. sleeping tent, do you mean you like that I'd be happy with that I mean either I'd sleep on the boat quite happy to sleep on the oh, boat yeah. um as long as it's I don't want one of these you know posh expensive but I want a real yeah. sailing boat um and just going you know beach bumming around the Caribbean stopping off and doing yoga having all the beautiful barbecues on the beach yeah. and the salads and oh, I need to shut up because it's cold and grey here. <laughs> yeah, it is here too. That, well, that just definitely sounds incredible. <laughs> so, anyway, one last question. Sure. Um, have you any final piece of wisdom or key strategy that you would like to leave us with that's going to help us going forward? So, you know, we've got more positive attitude, more holistic wellness and success. Yeah, absolutely. So, I think whatever you're the thing which is just drawing out to you the most, I know this can sound airy fairy and I don't want it to, but what, whatever that thing is, like for me, for I, I guess like about a year, it was the blue zones. And that's why I've just researched so much. I'm actually more researching on Ayurveda at the moment. But whatever that thing is, just go delve really, really yeah. deep into it. Really explore whatever that space is. See what comes up for you. And out of that, there might be another avenue which leads you to, to delving into something else really deep but what I'm saying really is figure out what your passions are and just explore and yeah. things will come naturally and it'll help you to figure out more about yourself and more about where you want to go whether it be your career your wellness journey whatever it is but yeah don't be afraid to just keep researching and figuring yeah. out what that thing is Perfect. Thank you very much. Helena, it's been absolutely lovely talking to you. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Likewise. Thank you so much, Anna. And I hope that you and all the listeners have a brilliant rest of your day. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening in to Beyond the Bottom Line uh, or watching, depending whether you're doing the audio or the video version. Um, I hope to see you soon. And I hope you don't all have grey, wet weather, but beautiful sunshine and lovely warmth. Take care. See you all soon.